Our Psalms this evening are Psalm 131, 133, and 134, and they begin on page 507. Evening prayer starts on page 21. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 131 on page 507. Lord, I am not high-minded. I have no proud looks. I do not exercise myself in great matters, which are too high for me. But I refrain my soul, and keep it low, like as a child that is weaned from his mother. Yea, my soul is even as a weaned child. O Israel, trust in the Lord, from this time forth forevermore. Psalm 133 Behold how good and joyful a thing it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head that ran down unto the beard even unto Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his clothing. Like as the dew of Hermon, which fell upon the hill of Sion. For there the Lord promised his blessing, and life forevermore. Behold now, praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Ye that by night stand in the house of the Lord, even in the courts of the house of our God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, and praise the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, give thee blessing out of Zion. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the first chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. 
What profit has a man from all his labor, in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away, and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises, and the sun goes down, and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south, and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually, and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they shall return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be, that which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man, by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness, and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge, and I set my heart to know wisdom, and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the nineteenth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. 
Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, All cannot accept this saying, and only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have, been, who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For my, mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, for as much as without thee we are not able to please thee, mercifully grant that thy Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Good evening to everyone. We're um, saying, I guess, uh, bye for now to the colic for the week, the 19th colic, and remembering that without without God, we're we're not able to please to please God without His power and, and mercy, and so that's been the theme of the week. And the theme of the week, it um, we're kind of ending on the theme of the week as we start a new book. We're starting Ecclesiastic Ecclesiastes, not to be mixed up with Ecclesiasticus. Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament. It's a canonical book. And so we begin that. Ecclesiastes means the preacher. And the preacher in the Hebrew uh, applied to one who gathered the assembly together for instruction. So um, we're, all evidence points to Solomon as the writer of, the, of this scroll. So along with Ruth, Song of Solomon, Esther, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes stands in the Old Testament, in uh, Hebrew Old Testament, as the Megiloth. Megaloth. It's, it stands for five scrolls. And later the tradition was rabbis would read these books in the synagogue on uh, five special occasions during the year, Ecclesiastes being read on Pentecost. The book is um, applicable to all who would listen and benefit. And I think one of the problems is sometimes people listen to what Solomon's experiences were, but what they're supposed to draw from in this book is the principles that he discovered in living his life. So it represents a painful autobiography of Solomon, who for a lot of his life, he squandered God's blessing on his own personal pleasure rather than on God's glory. So I think one of the messages is if you haven't squandered, don't. And if you're a little old, uh, may say more mature like I am, then if you have, then turn back to God. And it's interesting to me in in um, in cult in the culture. Um, Ernest Hemingway uh, wrote a book, "The Sun Also Arises," and they quote was from uh, Ecclesiastes. And also one of the famous songs that the the birds made famous back in the 70s was uh, "Turn, Turn, Turn," which will also come later in Ecclesiastes. So my my thought is the world is kind of latching on to some of these things Solomon wrote, and they latch on to the hopelessness of it, and they're still expressing the hopelessness, which for us reminds us that um, hopelessness only comes without God. There is hope in God, and so if you don't have God, there's no hope. The Hebrew word, we see the word vanity of vanities, and the Hebrew word for vanity and vain life expresses a futile attempt to be satisfied apart from God. And so that's what Solomon did. He, he fulfilled almost every pleasure you could think of. Um, but the real pleasure, and for us, as we know, we find um, that the world is so tempting, but we, we find more pleasure in walking closely with God. The word vanity in this book is used three ways. I think it's 31 times in the book that they use vanity. And there's um, a vanity which is fleeting, which is like vapor life. And, the, and so there's a vanity which is futile or meaningless. And then there's a vanity which is incomprehensible. And um, I, I, I can see where different times when, um, when, when you would describe those three things, all three things can happen to you if, if you get yourself away from your prayer, uh, that things can see fleeting and, and um, kind of meaningless, futile, which means why are we doing this? And the incomprehensible, I find so many times people are trying to solve an equation that has no answer, and they spend a lot of time on that, and it leads to depression and anxiety and other things. So the alternative, of course, is to live with God. So in this chapter, we see the title in the verse 1. We see a little poem about uh, vanity, and then we get an introduction to who Solomon is. And so the rest of the book... 
um, is one of my favorite books when I took Old Testament at Azusa Pacific. And I love, I'm not going to go there and give it away because it's a, but a, you know, I won't give, give a spoiler alert because I won't spoil it. But one of my favorite um, verses is, comes right at the end and it's the conclusion, all things is this. And we'll get there, but I'm just going to not get there today. So in Matthew, we see an interchange with the Pharisees. And we see Jesus talking with them, and they're always trying to catch him in his words and, and um, or try to uh, trap him. And so there's a thing here today. There's a, there's a contrast between the word command and permit. And so the Pharisees said to Jesus, when, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and put her away? And I just wrote down command with a question mark. Because Moses didn't command them to do that. Uh, as Jesus said in his answer, it was because of your hardness of heart, he permitted you to divorce. And there was only the, the condition he mentioned in Matthew uh, for that divorce. So um, that was um, a difference. I just wanted you to get the difference between commit, command and permit. And the reason I wanted you to see the difference in that is the world wants to twist everything to fit their agenda. You know, you see people trying to, you know, uh, take Bible out of context and support anything they want to support. And so that was a twisting of what um, what Moses wrote for the people. So um, you, you might remember the very first twist of the, of the scripture and, and God's word, and it's in Genesis. And I think that's when the serpent said, you shall not surely die. So that's always a twist. You know, the, the world's view is, uh, I, I call it the bartenders of the world serve you the, the worldly cocktail of a, a, a uh, lie with a twist of truth, just the twist. So our job is to interpret and to understand and make sense, as Jesus did, of the real law, the law of the heart. And the rest of the chapter is about things of the heart. You know, if you're a eunuch, you can be a eunuch of the heart. You can do all these physical things. Um, we won't go into that right now because that's probably enough. I think what I want you to remember is the difference in how the Jesus used permitted and the world used commanded, and they're always trying to twist. And our only defense is to stay steadfast in our prayer and steadfast in our our study of God's word. Let's continue with the intercession on page 590. And accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities, for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. It's great to have you with, with us tonight. Thank you, Robert, my co-leader. And for each of us, I pray that we continue to judge between the permitted and the commands. 
Thank you. Thank you, Deacon Brown. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good evening. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.